Good Monday, everybody, and welcome back to I Fucking Love This Movie. Uh, episode five is about a documentary binge I went on, and on this episode, I will be reviewing four documentaries that I really enjoyed and watched last week. So that's what episode five is about. I do apologize that there's no new deep dive this week. Uh, my fault, you know, for one, poor planning, and two, I decided I needed the Blu-ray copy of the next movie I want to review on this show. Um, I own this movie on every other format, but Betamax and Blu-ray. And I watched my beloved, cherished VHS copy of this movie and prep because I was planning on recording it last week and it just never happened. Like I said, poor planning. Do apologize. So after watching the movie, I got on Amazon, looked it up, and it was on sale. So I was like, oh, I'm buying this. I bought it. Didn't realize it wasn't Prime. So I waited a week for it. It should be here tomorrow, but after I get it, I'm going to watch it, um, refresh myself with it, even though I watched it last week, and hopefully we'll get the episode recorded this week. Um, I do apologize about this episode being late. I recorded it last night, and I just wasn't satisfied with it. I was just like, I can do better. The one thing I've been trying to do, especially on these solo shows that I've solo episodes I've been doing trying to do better like i know i'll never be the best but like if i can just do better you know if i'm not satisfied with something and i just say i can do this better i always strive to do better so work in progress like i always say um before i go huge shout out to my friends and the bands richwood and salvador ross um i went to go see them saturday night in dayton and they were amazing both awesome bands i'm gonna put their uh band camps in the um info description of this episode um yeah i just had so much fun on saturday night saw the old crew uh shout out to frizz he the bass player for salvador ross he uh, did a uh, had an after party at his apartment and i just it was awesome to be around the old gang i love all you guys it was great to see you um so yeah good times uh special thanks to my brother jeff he drove so good times man good times and check those bands out um I think that'll be it for this intro. Um, I'm going to get off here, mix this episode, and have it up and ready for everybody. So enjoy episode five, everybody. Before I go to work and after I get all my stuff ready, I usually sit down in the recliner in the back living room, drink a cup of coffee, and I watch TV. Now, on some days, I'll sit down and like just mess around with YouTube, either watch like a live podcast or some video from one of my favorite YouTubers. And then there's sometimes I sit down and watch a documentary, and that's all I did last week. I was on a documentary binge. They have a lot of good stuff out on the streaming services, particularly uh, Tubi and IMDb TV. I mean, you know, Hulu and Netflix and Amazon, well, not, they're no slouches, but like the, some of the stuff that I'm into is on like Tubi and IMDb TV. Now, I like to watch like entertainment related documentaries, you know, either about the movie industry or like the music industry, or even like about personalities in either industry. I mean, I don't really get too spacey and watch like 
ancient pyramids and whatnot. I mean, every now and again, I'll get a little spacey and watch something just completely batshit crazy. But I, I don't know if I, I'm going to win points with this, but um, I think the last batshit crazy documentary thing I watched was the Tiger King. Because, you know, it's reality, reality TV. Well, a would have been reality TV sort of thing. But I think it was the last batshit one I watched come to mind. But nevertheless, there may, I mainly watch stuff about, like, movies and music and whatnot. And that's pretty much what I did last week. And like I said, uh, Tubi's got a bunch of great stuff. You know, I sing their praises all the time. You know, it's free. The selection's really good. Um, IMDb is not too bad either. They got a pretty good selection. I mean, with both of those uh, streaming services, you're going to get ads. But I mean, hell, I mean, if you're my age, maybe a little bit younger and older, I mean, you had to sit through commercials you know, on TV. So it's kind of the same thing. I kind of apply that when I'm watching something on Tubi or IMDb. So enough about streaming services and my um, preferences on documentaries. I've got four documentaries I'm going to review very briefly. So. Hopefully, you know, I'm challenging myself. So let's get to them. So the first one I uh, watched was Direct-to-Video, and that was on Tubi. Um, this one was about the uh, Direct-to-Video uh, boom in the 90s. I guess there was this big surgence of, like, Direct-to-Video and films, you know, primarily through stuff like Troma and Full Moon. And I think they mentioned, like, Trimark and maybe another small independent companies and i guess there was like just this boom that went on and it's kind of fitting because in the 90s was like a really prolific time in like the independent film boom that happened i mean it was just kind of like you know they were kind of creeping up you know throughout the 80s and whatnot and then in just the 90s they just exploded i mean you had stuff like reservoir dogs al mariachi clerks um so much stuff to come out of that period and you know a lot of these studios were just kind of like you know maybe we should get in the game of this but not too many major studios released um indie films i mean they, they distributed them they bought them because i think ella mariachi uh robert rodriguez's film i think uh columbia bought it and put it back out and i think that's the only one i really know that was had a major uh, studio release. I mean, the other ones, they just, you know, got put on home video or had a limited release and whatnot. I mean, most of these major film studios ended up starting in companies so they can get into the independent film game. I mean, um, let's see, uh, 20th century Fox had, I think, uh, Fox features or Fox selects or something. I, the, the name of that is just, I'm drawing a blank here. um, Universal had several. They had like Focus Features, um, where I think Working Title was one of them, or maybe that was a British company that did a lot of business with uh, Universal. I really should have looked this up. My apologies, ladies and gentlemen. But anyway, so it makes perfect sense that the direct-to-video market kind of had the same thing going for it. And I remember a lot of these titles growing up, because I remember going down the horror film section as a kid and seeing stuff like puppet master and um toxic avenger i remember toxic avenger too i mean granted i think that movie was released in the 80s but still i think they were all released on home video i mean the first couple may have had a theatrical window and hell they may have all had a theatrical release but i just remember them being like really huge on video i mean hell the toxic avenger like i said i remember that as a kid because that was a cartoon so you know, I'm going down the horror section and remember stuff like toxic avenger puppet master um the dentist 
Um, there's so much more. Puppet Master, Dennis, Toxic Avenger, um, Pinocchio's Revenge, Dolly Dearest, you know, just fun stuff. I mean, these are really fun movies. And I remember my friends writing these movies when, like, uh, you know, they go through all the classics, like the Friday the 13th, the Nightmare on Elm Streets, and the Halloweens, and they just would write something like Puppet Master, or, uh, Toxic Avenger, and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, they're just fun movies. I need to deep dive into those films because they like they look a lot of fun. I've, like I said, I've only seen a handful of them. And um, as of this post, like I was, as of this uh, podcast, I mean, you know, Troma and Full, Feet, Full Moon are still independent studios. I mean, they've kept the same formula how to make movies. I'm pretty sure marketing them now. It's a lot easier with social media and whatnot. And I guess distribution. I mean, they still, they're still heavy contenders and physical media the both heads of those studios believe in studio media uh, ah, physical media i'm sorry i got a little tongue-tied there um so yeah they're the defenders of the faith and in independent films you know and they've kept the same like i said kept the same formula going and it's working for them and here they are you know 40 some years in the game still kicking ass but the documentary is really good real interesting i love deep diving into certain parts of cinema that like i'm not too familiar with and it kind of gives me like a good insight on, you know, a certain era of film that I've, like I said, never, you know, really thought about or even know too much about. I mean, like I said, I knew the companies, I knew some of the movies, but like I didn't know how prominent they were in cinema and especially direct video. I mean, direct video was like big business. I remember back in the day. And everybody would like laugh and just kind of turn their nose at it. And I'm just like, well, you know, they're, they have a dream too, you know, it's just, it sucks that none of these got released to theaters like on a nationwide scale, but like, you know, it's still, it's film, it's film, it's fun, it's cinema, it's entertainment. I mean, it's all the same, you know, just some have bigger budgets and get released and all the other jazz. And then some just, you know, end up on the video store shelf and, you know, it's all fun. It's all art. So I'm definitely going to have to deep dive into some uh, full moon and some trauma stuff. Uh, next, we got Smoke and Mirrors, the story of Tom Savini. That one's on Tubi. I've been waiting to see this one because anybody who loves Dawn of the Dead, I mean, not Dawn of the Dead, I'm looking at the video case right in front of me. That's why I said that. Anybody who loves George Romero, I think it's it's automatic. You love Tom Savini too. I mean, they were such a great duo together. Um, and this documentary really you know, deep dives in his life, you know, his personal life, his career, you know, it's a, at the end of the day, it's a, it's just a tribute to Tom Savini. And, you know, the man is amazing. I mean, he's an amazing actor. I didn't realize he had such a big theater career. I was so shocked to hear that. I like, I knew he did it before he did the Romero movies like pre Martin, but I had no idea he went back to it after, um, I think it was like in the eighties, nineties, maybe, but I was going somewhere with that, but you know, Tom Zavini, he's the King. He's the, one of the Kings of gore. And I love Tom Zavini, not only because like he did all these great Romero movies. I mean, he's done just amazing films like, you know, Friday the 13th, the burning, uh, maniac. I want to watch maniac so bad. Um, I need to see the Prowler, and he did, I think, the Ripper. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, the man's just a legend, and it's, you know, I have a soft spot for guys like Tom Savini because, like, growing up watching, you know, the Star Wars trilogy and Back to the Future when I was a real little kid, all those effects were practical. You know, there was no CGI. I mean, I think the only technical thing they really did in those movies was maybe a matte painting. 
or like visual effects composite shots like way after they shot it and whatnot but it was practical and then you got you know like you have the guys like tom savini rob botine uh rick baker dick smith and stan winston i mean they were creating some pretty cutting edge stuff in cinema with like makeup effects and whatnot and creature designs and whatnot and it's just so sad that's just a thing of the past so every time i would like watch a movie with tom savini in it or i knew tom savini had you know done the makeup or whatnot i always go back to being a kid i mean granted i didn't watch horror movies until i was almost out of elementary school but like i still think of like those simpler times where like when you watched a movie and they had an effect or they had like gore in it and you're just like oh wow they did that and then like i was the weird little kid who tried to pick it out of my brain like well how did they do it you know and it's so weird like and this weirds my family out and my friends too um like i can't watch anything medical because it grosses me out so bad but i can sit and watch like i don't know like cannibal holocaust i mean granted that movie does that's probably a bad example that movie does gross me out but i can like watch a gory horror movie and it just does nothing for me and they're like wait a minute you can't watch something that's medically real but you can sit and watch this like uh, Lucille Fulci movie and not be grossed out. I was like, well, the difference is the my explanation for it is like the medical thing you showed me. That's real. Like, there's no explanation for it except a medical reasoning. I mean, there's science behind it. Dude, getting his eyeball gouged out. I was like, okay, this is probably what it was. Probably a dummy head. Like, I picked the effect apart. At least how I think it went down in my brain, and that's easy for me because you know, I'm telling myself, "Oh, this is fake." But like, how did they do that effect? So, like, I'm interested by it. So, yeah, Smoke and Mirrors, story of Tom Zavini. I highly recommend um, checking that one out. Oh, he did Creep Show. I always forget he did Creep Show. That's that's terrible. And I'm wearing my Creep Show flannel. My sister-in-law got me. Shout out to Ashley. And Creep Show is one of my all-time favorite romero films so yeah check that one out like i said it's just a very interesting man's led a very interesting life he has and it's just awesome that he's still respected and loved and um occasionally put in tarantino movies so yeah smoke and mirrors all right the next two are um music documentaries kind of split this up i did the two movie ones and i'm now doing the two music ones and it's funny because i discovered both of these bands by a drummer the drummer that ended up being in these bands so or a drummer i'll i'll uh i'll tell you here in a minute uh so the first one the first music one that i watched the man who loves to hurt himself that's on the imdb tv app i highly recommend getting that along with tubi um, this documentary is about today's the day frontman Steve Austin. No, not Stone Cold Steve Austin or the Six Million Dollar Man. Just a, I think he's from Massachusetts or Maine, native named Steve Austin. Um, I discovered today's the day through a drummer. Like I said earlier, I didn't have a good setup. I should have wrote one down. Um, through a drummer, I last podcast I revealed I'm a huge Mastodon fan. And Bron Daler happened to be in an issue of Modern Drummer that I picked up. So I picked it up. And when I was reading his uh, article, because he was the uh, main feature that month, I looked at his discography. Now, I heard of Lethargy. Lethargy was the band he was in with uh, Bill, who later ended up joining Today is the Day and ended up joining Mastodon with him. So I knew about Lethargy. I'd heard about them. Lethargy some pretty 
pretty intricate stuff. I highly recommend checking that stuff out. I think it's only available on YouTube at this point. So I knew about lethargy and I went down and I saw this thing called today's the day in the eyes of God. And I was like, the hell is this? So I immediately put the magazine down and I looked them up and how Braun got in the band. It's a pretty interesting story in the documentary. Steve talks about like member changes. I mean, he doesn't talk. I mean, he mentions a few of them by name, but he doesn't really get too descriptive. He just says, Oh, you know, these two guys weren't working out and he explains why. And just, he's, he's very brief about it. He doesn't make a big deal about it. And that was one of the good things about the documentary. I really liked is like, it was no beef. It was just about him. He was talking about his passions and talking about his, just his drive. And it was very inspiring, but, so right before they went, he went to go record. And mind you, Steve Austin's the like the main guy of today's the day. I mean, today's the day is his baby. It's just it's just him, and then like two other guys. And you know, they rotate uh, drummers and bass players. Some uh, you know, not frequently, but sometimes. So anyway, back to the so right before they were about to record what was going to become in the eyes of God, the drummer booked, like bailed. And uh, he asked a a friend of his, or it could have just been an acquaintance, by the name of Dave Witte, if he wanted to join Today's the Day. And for those of you that don't know, Dave Witte was in a band called Human Remains. Awesome. And he's well known to most as the drummer for Municipal Waste. This guy is crazy. Like, damn. He's good. He's really good. He's one of my favorites. So anyway, Steve asked Dave Whitty if he wanted to join uh, Today's the Day. And he's like, man, I'd really love to, but like, I got too much, too many bands going on at this moment. Hey, why don't you give my friend Bron a call? So he calls up Bron Daler. Bron's like, sure, I'll go. Bron gets up to Massachusetts. They're rehearsing, writing today, uh, what ended up becoming In the Eyes of God. And I think the bass player quit or like, got fired or something. Well, the bass player, they had no bass player. And Steve's like, well, hell, do you know anybody? He's like, well, I can always call my friend, my, uh, my friend Bill up. So they called Bill Kelly up and they recorded in the eyes of God and went on tour with it. And then after that tour, Bill and Braun headed down South to Georgia, met Troy and Brent and ended up forming Mastodon and the rest of they say is history. So that's how I discovered them. And in the eyes of God, it's just such a great record. Probably one of the craziest records I have ever heard. It's just a lot. Of, it's like noise. It's like grind. It's like extreme metal. It's fast. It's like punk. I mean, today's the day is like a lot of these like heavy genres just like thrown together. And it's just, and it's just, it's amazing. It's, awesome and the fact that somebody did a documentary about him i thought was really cool and like i said earlier it's just inspiring the guy you know guy got a van accident like i think it was like 2014 maybe i remember when it happened dude's still at it you know he's had several member changes still at it i mean he just i mean steve austin is a force to be reckoned with and the documentary really shows that and he's just, he seems like a really cool, humble dude. He's just like, he's so thankful that he has people that love what he does and he's still doing it. And I just have nothing but the utmost respect for Steve Austin. And, you know, I highly recommend checking this one out as well and checking out. Now, I will warn you, today's the day is not for the faint of heart. I uh, lived with my dad for a little bit and my dad's not a big fan of like classic rock and whatnot. So like I, at th- this period, 
living with him, I'd play the entire Black Sabbath catalog. I had played the entire um, Led Zeppelin catalog. Nothing. And I had a loud-ass stereo in the basement. I popped in, and in the eyes of God, he came downstairs and just, like, yelled at me. I felt like I was a teenager again. And then I explained to him why, who they were and why I had it. And he just was like, well, I'm glad those two gentlemen in that band went to bigger and better things and went upstairs. I was like, oh, all right. So, The Man Who Loves to Hurt Himself, that's on IMDb TV. Check them out. Uh, last one, shouldn't be any surprise, but um, I actually saw this one. It uh, hit streaming. Um, the documentary, the last, the, I'm going to finish it up with the Zappa documentary. That one's on Hulu. Um, I watched this during the pandemic, 2020. Uh, the one thing I did like about the pandemic was all these... Um, when the festivals got shut down, all the like distributors and stuff who had films lined up to be shown at these festivals were like, you know, since we're not having, I'm going to throw South by Southwest this year. Why don't we just put it on streaming? And I was just like, that's, that's genius. Cause I, the, the Zappa documentary was like the one I wanted to see like really bad, you know, cause I'm a huge Zappa fan, but I'll get into that later. So they put the Zappa documentary on, it was available on all major um, streaming platforms I had to get a drink of water. Um, I watched it, loved it. Uh, directed by Alex Winter, yes, Bill S. Preston Esquire from Bill and Ted, and it was amazing. I mean, doing a Zappa documentary. I mean, yeah, the guy made music for I, you know, forty, fifty years of his life, and you probably would expect. I mean. He, there's just so much Zappa stuff. That's what I'm getting at. Like the dude made music, recorded, had pressed the record button, not record button nonstop in his life. So Alex really had a challenge in front of him because it's like he has so many aspects to his music and his career and stuff. It's just like, well, what do I cover in a two hour documentary? And I think he did a pretty good job. He did. For me, watching the documentary, he did a very kind of basic outlining of who and what Zappa is, you know. And like I said, it, it was a challenge. Just, there's so much to Zappa's legacy, his career, his music. I mean, the dude has just endless amounts of just music waiting to be released. Like I'll probably be dead and gone, and the Zappa Trust will still be putting out albums. So, and like I said, I, I felt Alex did a really amazing job. He did a really, gave a really basic outline of who he was. Um, I'm kind of jealous that he had ax, full access to that vault. Like, oh man, like he, re, Zapper recorded everything and kept everything. And in the documentary, they have like an archive um, footage of him like in his vault in the house that now Lady Gaga owns, which I thought that was really cool of her. And that's why she bought the house. Like she bought Frank Zappa's house. She's like, well, I love Frank Zappa. I should live in his house. So I thought that was pretty cool. We mentioned Lady Gaga a lot on the show. Um, she's cool though. So he's in his vault. I think it was in his house. I don't remember. They didn't really say. So they were in his vault and he's like, oh, I got a tape with Clapton. He came over here and jammed. I was like, oh, when are you going to release that? Um, the interviews in it, ex band members, his wife, um, that's pretty much it. And they, uh, give a very good idea of who and you know, what he was and whatnot. But yeah, it was just a really awesome documentary. And the thing with zap, everybody, there's people that's been like, well, it wasn't long enough. You should have done like a mini series and whatnot, you know, yes and no. Like I do feel like he is worthy of like 
the Grateful Dead treatment, like the long, strange trip that Scorsese did. I do feel like he's worth that. But at the same time, like, you know, you have the Zappa documentary. And I think right after the Zappa documentary I watched, I watched a documentary that they did about him going to Italy in the 80s. And like, he was just the biggest thing in Italy at that point. And as I was watching that, I was thinking about the Zappa documentary Alex Winter did. I'm sitting there thinking about it. And I'm like, these pair really well. Like, you know, we can't have like these offshoots of like Zappa related documentaries to exist and tell his story. So I would like to see more of that. And yes, I highly recommend it. I'm a huge fan. Um, I discovered Frank Zappa through Phil Collins. I was reading an article, all happy belated birthday, Phil Collins. I know you probably don't spend your free time listening to podcasts, but in the, in the event that you do, I just want you to know, happy birthday. I'm a huge fan. Love your stuff. Soundtrack to my life. Um, I was reading an article with uh, Phil Collins and the interviewer, it was in a drum magazine. The interviewer was like, Hey, where'd you, how did you discover Chester Thompson? And Phil was like, you know, I kind of like went through all the British drummers that I could, didn't find anybody I liked. So I started looking for American drummers and he's like, it's at a record store. I saw Roxy and elsewhere and I picked it up. He's like, Chester Thompson's on that one. And Chester Thompson is at the point that I was, you know, at this point when I picked the record up, he was in weather report. He's like, so I take the record home, listen to it, and there's a song on there called More Trouble Every Day. And he's like, there's this drum fill in the song that I just, that got him hired. Like, that got him, that earned him an audition. And he's like, and I also lifted that drum fill in More Trouble Every Day in Afterglow. And I'm just like, dude, that's an iconic part of that song is like when they play it live, they do this drum fill in it. And I'm like, he lifted that from this Frank Zappa dude. I, I vaguely knew him. Like, I knew he was just kind of offbeat and stuff. And um, Griffin Dunn played him in a movie called Morning Parental Advisory. It was about the Senate hearings and stuff, which I do have somewhere down here on tape. I need to find it. So I, I vaguely knew who he was, but I'm sitting, I was blown away. I was like, I got to listen to who this Frank Zappa guy is. So I ended up going to FYE and finding Roxanne elsewhere and buying it and listen to it and i never looked back i became a huge fan he's a very he's a personal hero to me he's a personal inspiration to me and just everything for like what that guy stood for you know he just he didn't like to be bullshitted and he didn't bullshit anybody and his music's just man eons like no two records sound the same from him and i really admired that he thought outside the box he was truthful he was honest he didn't hold back you know there's so many things i admire about zappa and that's why he's one of my heroes and you know even like i still look up to him so yeah i highly recommend the zappa documentary i recommend all these documentaries that i've uh, suggested here today i hope i didn't go on too much i've been really trying to condense the reviews down so i think that'll be it for this episode five i hope everybody enjoyed um if you have any suggestions for me please drop me a line so we're gonna end here until next time everybody thank you <laughs>